Welcome to the Art of Leadership with Nina Ellison. Join Nina as she explores the underlying value of soft skills in the lives of healthy leaders. Thank you, Barry Knighton. Leaders from a wide variety of backgrounds and countries recently joined in a call to work together on a project. During the team conversation, a word was used. Gratitude. A few minutes later, I heard these four words. Gratitude breeds within us. Wow. Gratitude breeds. B-R-E-E-D-S. Gratitude breeds within us. My mind went on a quick side journey. Uh, Gratitude reproduces within us. Gratitude is a multiplier. Leaders cultivate gratitude. (laughs) If, If gratitude is an active choice and not a passive emotion, then learning how to develop gratitude is a skill that can be acquired, a soft skill. I'm not talking about instant thanks for a nice gesture, nor am I referring to the wonderful contentment and security when things are going well, such as I learned about while in Denmark, as they call it a hoga day. No, choosing to intentionally cultivate gratitude is deeper. Gratitude influences the experiences we are living through in the moment, and with time, it impacts the experiences we will have in the future. The truth is that terrible things happen to us and those we work with, those we live with, hard things, painful things, things we'd we'd rather not have to deal with. The focus of today's podcast is on leaders who choose to acquire gratitude as a baseline, knowing that it will impact their decisions in the midst of any circumstance. And as you listen further to this concept of developing a baseline of gratitude, my hope is that it will become clear that embracing gratitude is not chosen to disregard or or even ignore the complex tensions leaders face on a daily basis. Gratitude is chosen as a viable skill while dealing with life's never-ending changes. I'm Nina Ellison, publishing a monthly podcast on soft skills that are needed as never before in your leadership toolkit. Soft skills? Yes, those are the skills that deliver results beyond your technical expertise and know-how. My message today is that soft skills advance who you are as a leader beyond your wildest imagination. And as I've mentioned, the soft skill today is gratitude. As we begin to talk about gratitude today, I'd like to talk about it being found in three areas in particular, our time, our relationships, and our souls. So let's start with the idea of building a baseline of gratitude with our time. Choosing to use a segment of time to prepare yourself for gratitude before an event or that actual time occurs is a massive step towards becoming a leader who's skilled in understanding the gravitas of gratitude. Considering an event as real in your mind and then attaching gratitude to it allows a leader not only to choose what you want to do, but who you want to be. I feel like I just grabbed you by the hand and together we jumped into the deep water. I've often been teased that I'm not content to sip at surface water, but rather prefer a deep dive where cool, refreshing water can be found. Thinking about this idea, I was reminded of a time when I was sitting in a a large international airport, and as happens sometimes with air travel, there were delays with our flight. Multiple delays. (laughs) After the first hour, I noticed a woman sitting quietly, and she had no phone, Um, And so I walked over to introduce myself and offer my phone. Did she need to relay the flight delay to her friends or to her family? She did. 
As the second or, or maybe it was the third hour passed, there was a general atmosphere of frustration building at the terminal gate. The woman, Lily, who had used my phone, opened up the bag she had with her and pulled out some beautiful handmade bracelets. I watched as she made her way around the area, asking people what their favorite colors were and sharing bracelets either for her fellow passengers to wear or to save as a gift for someone that they cared for. In what seemed like a moment of time, people began talking with each other, sharing stories about who they would give their bracelets to or, or proudly wearing this unexpected gift. Single-handedly, Lily had influenced the atmosphere and the communication amongst a large group of strangers. After five hours, we boarded our flight, and to my surprise, I was seated next to Lily, and we learned that we shared a final destination. Arriving together in the early morning hours at that final destination, I waited until Lily's friends arrived, and this gave us even more time to talk, and I was able to ask her what she thought of the experience with the delayed flight. Her own personal story was one of coming from a country where life was mostly difficult, she shared how she had learned to anticipate opportunities for gratitude in times of difficulty as, as a way of keeping perspective. Finding ways to offer gratitude for others, and not because of who they were, had become a personal choice, a way of life. Taking the time to make a small gift, like those bracelets, in anticipation of challenging times had become one of the ways she had built her skill set of gratitude. Lily cultivated gratitude, and I will not soon forget her. In fact, I have what I call my Lily lessons in gratitude, and there's three of them. Gratitude, found in hard times, shapes character. Gratitude, like a new prescription of eyeglasses, reframes thought and behavior. And gratitude serves as an antidote, counteracting the poison of bitterness in times of chaos and difficulty. So let's move on from the strategic use of our time in building a baseline of gratitude and talk about meaningful relationships. I was having lunch with an independent contractor named Rachel. During our time together, she shared a particularly difficult situation she'd been dealing with. And a part of her struggle was uncovering next steps that she could take in this complex relational concern. As our conversation continued, she expressed frustration on how this situation had evolved and how it was worsening. And then, in a surprise move, she talked about how at one point she had written down the things that she was grateful for about this situation and those involved. Rachel, you are already in the process of establishing a baseline of gratitude. We continued our conversation, and, and even though the situation was still difficult, the mental memory of gratitude that she had already established brought possibilities to the forefront. Before discussing gratitude, she didn't have a response when I asked questions such as, if you could ask one thing in this situation, what would it be? Or what do you see as a possible next step? But after recalling her baseline of gratitude, Rachel began to see a way forward, not because the challenges of the situation had changed, but recalling this gratitude for what she could see helped define the path that she was struggling to identify. Gratitude releases us to see possibilities, solution-focused goals, feasible action steps. An anonymous author wrote, gratitude turns what we have into enough. 
So these examples of using time and relationships have been shared in, in a way of setting up a baseline of gratitude. Let's look at one more key area of your life, your soul. We rarely discuss our personal journey and the connections in our life between our mind, bodies, and soul. But to talk about gratitude without acknowledging the impact on your life's spiritual journey would be to leave out a source of gratitude that has been acknowledged throughout history. It's common knowledge that building a baseline of gratitude in your souls has been elevated through the spiritual eyes of many leaders, including Buddhists, Christians, Hindus, and I could go on. Friends of the Sikh faith introduced me to teaching that says, when you find an attitude of gratitude, it brings to you opportunities beyond your concept. Islam teaches that whoever is not grateful for small things will not be grateful for large things. Buddha wrote that a grateful person is rare, going on to say that when you discover a grateful person, you have found a treasure. In Christianity, Paul, an apostle of Christ, speaks of gratitude as a spiritual formation habit. There are many more examples of spiritual leaders that I could share who understand and share the role that gratitude plays in the health of your soul. Gandhi once said, I cried because I had no shoes. Then I met a man who had no feet. To seek gratitude through the eyes of your soul takes you to a place of deeper self-awareness of the life outside yourself. Let's take the process of cultivating gratitude seriously. Gratitude is not the same as positive thinking. A leader who understands the role of gratitude is not the same as a leader who tries to make the best of everything by covering up the things that need attention. Are you willing to consider the concept that the best version of you is a grateful you? Okay, all of this sounds great, and perhaps you're thinking, but Nini, how do I practically do this? I want to share three things that I continue to work on in my own life to help me seek to solidify this idea of having a baseline of gratitude in my life. The first thing, or the first step, is to articulate what you are grateful for. I know in my earlier stories, I mentioned three key areas of your life, your time, your relationships, and your soul. If you write those three down, add on your job, your finances, and your health. The first step is to take at least one of these areas and think through what is it that you are grateful for. After you get a handle on the gratitude of the first area, keep moving on until you've looked into gratitude in each one of the six areas I've mentioned. I promise you, this will change you. So this first step is all about identification. The second step takes what you have identified and encourages you to begin to put your thoughts and your ideas into practice. Just like Lily and Rachel and many of the spiritual leaders who have gone before us. That second step, I call it develop an expectation. Understanding that you're not the source nor the cause of your gratitude helps in developing a mindset of expectation. Looking outside yourself is a key to uncovering the way to live a life that is lived in expectation. Lily, who I met in that busy airport, lived a life with an expectation of gratitude. Her expectation did not come from her own accomplishments or her own life journey. Talking with Lily, it became clear that she found gratitude through valuing others. And as her days went by, 
her expectations were fulfilled as the gratitude she had found in life lived outside of herself influenced the way she chose to act and the way she chose to be. She expected her future to be influenced by her active pursuit of gratitude, and I had the privilege of watching it in action. So the first step is to articulate what you're grateful for. The second step is to develop an expectation. And then the third is to choose ways to authentically use the word gratitude in your everyday language. Just today in LinkedIn, I saw someone who was taking a month where every day of that month, she was choosing to authentically use words of gratitude for a person in her life. When we take the time and gratitude to name people, places, and ideas, they become gifts to us. And when we consciously name the gifts in our lives, our moral compass changes. We change. Are you aware of the frequency bias? You know, you become interested in a yellow car and then you seem to see yellow cars everywhere. This perception that something you think about shows up more frequently is real. And in the past few weeks, this has certainly happened to me with the concept of gratitude. May you have the same experience as the concept of developing a baseline of gratitude fills your mind. And just like those yellow cars, you begin to hear and see people talking about gratitude in refreshing ways, in ways that help you to develop your own baseline of gratitude. Thank you for listening today to The Art of Leadership. Are you seeking growth in your own soft skill development? I can help. Go to healthyleadership.online to set up a free call.